You are now listening to the Doula Road Trip Podcast. My name is Jarielle and I am a certified doula. After a quick and unsuccessful start in the birth industry over six years ago, I am returning in order to turn my passion into my career. In this show, I am going to share with you my journey and my hope is that we together can start up and stay up doing the work that we absolutely love. This podcast will be a resource, it will be a tool, and it will also be a point of reference for you as you start your journey into birth work. I want to share everything that I wish I knew before I started and answer some frequently asked questions that constantly pop up in birth work even now six years later. I would love for you to be able to find inspiration, to find community, and to also be encouraged that the work that you love can absolutely be the work that you do for the rest of your life if you want. So let's go ahead and get into the show. Hey y'all, hey, welcome to another episode of the Doula Road Trip Podcast. I am super excited. This is another Deja and Jariel edition. So, uh, honesty moment, today has not been a good day. <laughs> not at uh, all. Today has not been a good day and um, I don't really know what it is about this year in particular this week in particular and this month in particular, if I'm being quite honest, like a lot of good things have happened. Um, in the last week, we were able to do doula night school, which was super duper dope. Um, we did that on Thursday night and we had so many students show up. We got to pour into people and to really give a roadmap as to some different options to become a doula, some things to consider. And every single night since then, I just feel like the days have been like, what is going on? Um, even before that, but certainly since then. And um, I wanted to talk about that. Like, what do you do to keep pushing when things are hard, inconvenient, uncomfortable, and your emotions just aren't in it? So I don't know. Deja, tell me, like, how has your week been? What, have been, what has been going on? How have you been feeling? First, I am happy to be back for another episode with you and just getting to talk about some of the real things. So transparency, again, y'all, we sitting here debating before hitting record. Are we about to do this? The energy kind of a little stale, but you know, this is part of life. Like we can't bypass um, just life happening. And when, you know, we're not always our most happiest chipper selves and so yeah in the last week so this is something we were touching on um and something that's just been affecting my journey as a doula because it's been you know I've been a doula as long as my daughter has been born um something I was sharing with you before we hit record and I want to share with y'all is just I haven't been getting no sleep y'all and I was not prepared for this um my daughter's coming up on being three years old and um, I remember hearing about the newborn phase of sleep when I was pregnant, like, you know, prepare for this, you're going to be tired, get support in place. But I didn't hear about the possibility that my toddler would just be in the newborn phase of sleep for coming up on three years. And so I say that's affected my, my journey as a doula because um, I went to training around the time that she was two months old. So Sleep deprivation has been a layer on top of all parts of my life, including doula work. And so, you know, that has impacted things with being able to show up for clients and to be able to support them through whatever they're going on while I'm operating, probably not, you know, at my full optimum sleep level all the time. And so that has been my past week experience, some really hard nights and um, past three years experience of just like, I'm pretty sure I'm operating off of sleep deprivation and that's not, that's not good for me as a whole. And it, it does impact the different layers. I want to 
wanted to talk about that because we were talking yesterday and you always see online too when people say the phrase I did everything right mm-hmm. and I was really wondering I've been wondering lately you did everything right according to what standard and according to whose checklist because I feel like in such customized mm-hmm. seasons and periods of our life like parenthood like pregnancy like you know just life in general like it's it's no like rules there's only exceptions Mm -hmm. does that make sense like I feel like everybody's like oh well the rule is that after the first three four months then baby sleep through the night the rule is that if you do this this and this if you hire the midwife if you plan for the home birth then you get the successful home birth the rule is that if you watch enough youtube videos and enough people latching on instagram then you won't have any trouble with your human milk or breastfeeding experience like and i I don't know. I want to know, are we setting ourselves up to be disappointed by always looking for what's the standard and what's the rules and not realizing that we're always the exception? And what would the attitude and the energy be like for ourselves and for our clients if we set them up to realize that like there are no rules, there's only exceptions to the rules, but here's what we can do to tap into what your vision would be and to make sure that you have the survival skills, right? And the adaptation skills that no matter what happens, you'll still be able to be okay. Like, what does that look like? Well, girl, call me out. I always be telling you, you call me in, you don't be calling me out because no, it is, it's absolutely about the expectations that we have about things specifically for my parents out there for people who are parents the expectations that we have about things that some are conscious and some are unconscious right yes and so you're right the expectation in my personal life of okay I deal with these three months where I'm not sleeping too much and then we're home free she starts to sleep better and better and better until when you're alive she's sleeping through through the night and you're right it's um this idea of you're right I have said that a lot in my own journey not just as a doula but just as a mother and in my birth experience of I did everything right Mm -hmm. right but again right according to someone else's right according to someone else's blueprint right not my own journey I did it right according to somebody else's blueprint why is it not working for me specifically with uh the sleep thing Mm -hmm. you know I'll reach out for advice from people and um it's always do this do this do this and then magically she's gonna she's gonna sleep and I was just sharing with you I've unfortunately got to a place right now where I'm like maybe I don't care to know what the thing is maybe I'm so much in survival mode that I don't care to try to figure out why she's not. I just care to see how can I make it through another night. Um, And so you're right. It really, the journey of um, becoming a parent or just doula work in general, that journey to becoming a doula or Mm -hmm. um, building this thing that is uniquely your own is understanding it's your journey, literally. And, And the beauty in learning the skills to adapt that's the thing that you said that resonated most with me to like get a set timeline or framework where you can expect things kind of but then what are the skills to adapt you're right you said something that's that's resonating with me a lot what are the skills that we are using to adapt when things look differently and they're not working for us You said something that hit me. So two things came up for me. One was that as doulas, we're a resource, not the source. So sometimes we want to problem solve and fix things by giving people tips. And tips don't always work. People may not be in a place to hear them or implement them. And honestly, tips based on what, right? Like how we really listen to people. Do we really know what? they've tried already do we know what emotional space they're in what mental space they're in what physical space they're in before we just 
are offering advice because I feel like we move past emotions too quickly into like, how can we get on the other side of this? And I know I'm guilty of that. Like, okay, you feel sad. How can we get on the other side of this? Okay, you feel depressed. How can we get to the other side of this? Okay, you feel anxious. How can we hurry up and get on the other side of this? Instead of just allowing a moment to just sit in it and just feel it. I feel the same way right now with grief, right? Like, I'm like, am I like, how do I get on the other side of this? And the answer is that it's no way to get on the other side of it and to hop over to the other side of it. The only way out is through, right? And so sometimes it does take people a moment to get through it. However, I do want to draw the line between like a rough patch and suffering, right? Because I do feel like even as doulas, like there comes a time where even with our clients, like what is the line between being like in a rough patch and then like suffering because I do feel like long term like what are the effects of like whatever is going on right what are the effects of like being in pain and labor for like this amount of time what is the person saying what are they doing and like are we on the border between like okay this is a painful labor and labor is painful and the person is coping and managing well or are they suffering and the same thing like parenting right like where are we at like is this the border where it's like okay yep this is difficult and this is the season I can get through this and then like are we leading into the point where like now it's suffering and especially for like black women I feel like we hold things and carry things and alone when we don't have to you know what I mean and it's no nobility and there's no reward and there's no trophy in being the strong one the one that's pushing through and pressing through and getting through to get through. And the only person who we're really hurting at the end is ourselves. And so how can we check on our strong friends and check in with our strong friends and change the concept that like being strong is a celebratory thing when we were all created for a community and relationship. And that's what we really need to be doing for each other and for ourselves, like finding our community, finding our village. None of us signed up for this. We were never created to do it alone. So why do we always try? And why do we give trophies to strong people who do it all by themselves? Like, it's a noble thing. It's damaging. It's really damaging. So yeah. Oh my, oh my. Um, you know, this is something I want to ask to whoever's listening, because it's something that at the really get honest with myself you know like the the question that we always feed by when somebody says oh hey hey Jario like how are you and the immediate thing usually is like I'm good I'm, I'm fine good. <laughs> I'm well mm-hmm. and you know depending on who the person is maybe you don't go so in depth but we get so used to just regurgitating that that we don't even be we're not even honest with ourselves right so waking up mm-hmm. during the day or waking up in the morning and then I'm checking in with myself and I'm like automatically trying to find the positives, which is not a bad thing. I'd like mm-hmm. to lead a positive life, but automatically trying to dismiss what I'm feeling because, oh, you know, trying to find the gratitude again, y'all. This is not me campaigning for not being positive and having gratitude. It is saying that you're right. And a lot of things in life, we have to go through whatever that feeling is, whatever that season is, whatever that emotion is, and not trying to immediately bypass it and hop over it. And so whoever is listening, like, how are you really? And not just how are you for the sake of conversation and going to how's the weather and all the other things, but like, like, how are you really? Um, because I don't think we're honest with ourselves enough mm-hmm. and so we're not honest with each other and so it puts a block between us because we haven't been honest and then you feel a way towards this person because they just don't get it but they don't even know but they're experiencing something they're not sharing with you and so you're right the a lot of this was coming down to parenthood and just being a human and doula work birth work is like community because we are not supposed to be doing any of this alone and figuring it out alone um none of it we're not meant to do it alone 
doula work is lonely. I don't think people talk about that. Like, if you don't have a community, and not, I'm not talking about just like the resource list and the community that we build so we can have somebody to refer to when we need a lactation consultant or a chiropractor, <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's one form of community for sure. But I do feel like we are in a very unique industry. We see very unique things and we experience a lot of emotions, especially like as an empath, which I think that I am. I do feel like I feel what everybody else is feeling, right? Like I cry when people cry on TV, like randomly <laughs> on This Is Us and Grey's Anatomy. Like, and it's a fictitious thing. And I know even my husband is like, why are you getting so involved in like this fake show? And it's like, because, like I am that person like I'm feeling all of the things and so I do feel like community is so very important even in the doula world and we have been talking about doula hurt and the ways in which we hurt each other when people in our community come to us with ideas or initiatives or access or plans or dreams or vision and just the way in which we start to collaborate and maybe we get insecure maybe it's competition maybe it's that we don't trust each other at the course that we don't trust ourselves which we can definitely get into that but the ways in which we hurt each other and I feel like I don't know a doula who hasn't been hurt by somebody else in our same industry and so when we are thinking about community how can we begin to build ourselves up and pour into ourselves and examine ourselves before we put ourselves in relationship with other people you know what uh, community has been positioned as in the birth world community has been positioned as i'm just gonna be plain like uh like high school cliques it's like we're in the uh, in the lunchroom mm-hmm. and it's mean girls it's mean girls for sure there is this table over here and this is just for the white doulas and there's this table over here and this is just for the black doulas that say I'm not working with anybody besides us and this is just the table for those of us who believe only unmedicated birth only at home and here's the table for those of us who believe in you don't advocate, don't say anything absolutely at all. And so there's just these different cliques and perspectives. Mm-hmm. And so there don't is forget no about true... the tables for the people that offer services for free and those of us uh-huh. who offer services for pay and believe yeah. in building the birth practice as a business. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't forget those tables. You're right. Those tables are very full and the tables in between who uh, mm-hmm. who's not certain and asking questions. So there's just this, there's not community right there's like clicks and it's if you don't agree with the way in which I view birth work Mm -hmm. and the way in which I practice birth work oh let's not forget the table of virtual doulas I'm sitting at that table and people Mm -hmm. over there looking at the three of us like why are y'all in the doula cafeteria yeah (laughs) all three of us why are y'all in the cafeteria you're not a doula right and so there's no true community as far as I look at it in the lens of we can have a big family right like I personally I have a family reunion on my dad's side and it's going on it's been like 32 years consecutively never missed well I'm I haven't been to everyone but they've never missed a reunion and so Mm -hmm. it's always been do they always agree with every single thing that each other says? No. Is everybody you know, on the same career path? No. Does everybody believe in college versus trade school? No. Is everybody raising their kids the same way? No. But everybody comes together every single third week in July. It's the Cherry family and it's beautiful. And we have our own family song. Everybody loves on each other. And, and it just works because it's the understanding that we're still a family and we still love each other and we still support each other. And so I'm like, there's no real community at this point right now as a whole for the birth community among doulas and, and lactation special. Like there's no, true. it's like for the people who agree with the way in which I'm doing things. And so there is a lot of doula hurt for that reason that okay, we're cool up until the point that you do something in a way that I don't agree with. I don't agree with the way that you supported that client or I don't agree with your view on this thing. And so like, I can't be in community with you because we don't absolutely agree on every single thing. 
Deja, it's scary how much shit we have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, on my dad's side of the family, they have a reunion every year. It's the Emmy M family. So Mabel, Emma, and Ma, they're the matriarchs of the family. And we are going on our 60th year next okay. year. I haven't been to all of them by a long shot. But I am part of the MEM Family Reunion Committee, and we plan the reunions now um, every year. And you're right. And it's crazy because we call it a sisterhood, or at least that's what they call it, because I'm not a part of the sisterhood, because none of these folks, not not nearly enough for me, act like any sisters that I've ever been raised around. But I think you're right. I think that it's damaging to call something a sisterhood and then to behave and carry on the way that we do. I also think that it's interesting that we can't accept and love and doula each other, but that's the same energy that we say we take to our clients right? Mm -hmm. Unconditional acceptance. And we don't care what our clients want to do. We're just here. I mean, at least some people say that some people are flat out blunt and say, I can't support clients who choose X, Y, and Z. And I'm happy for that. At least you're honest and you step out of the way. So that way that person can get the support they need. However, there are a lot of people who say that I offer unbiased support. And it's like, you can't even unbiasedly support people in the same industry that you're in. So how can you lend that energy to clients or potential clients? I don't know how booked and busy these folks are. That's not my business, but it's definitely interesting how we love to say we offer unbiased support. We offer unbiased information. We offer unbiased, 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 unbiased. And I think we might need to visit Uncle Webster and find out what the definition of unbiased is because I don't think that we embody no biases. I, I I think that it's very hard to do that. And I think that people in their minds may want to achieve that, but we have a long way to go to really be, you could just look at the Facebook threads and grab some cattle corn mm. and see how biased we really are. So it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. And I don't want people to think every time we hop on, like we're going to like talk <laughs> like like a virtual behind whooping about all the things that we need to like work on because I don't think that that's the case all the time but I do want us to recognize like if we want our industry to be somewhere different if we want it to be more open and more loving and more accepting which is what I want I want a family reunion type feel every single time I get together with doulas or am in the presence with other doulas like how can we really work on that because and Mean Girls was a good movie, but I don't want to live there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to live there and I don't want to work there and I don't want to be creating that sort of environment for other doulas. And so the next time you're turned off or triggered by something that somebody says, like, what can we do to call in instead of call out? Like you always say. Mm, it comes back to um, what does it mean to be a doula? Like, I feel like because... We're unregulated, which I don't mind. I just want to put that out there. I do not mind. I won't go on that long tangent. Um, Just the fact that we're unregulated. There's no one standard of this is exactly what it means. There's Mm -hmm. no licensing. And so you do get to make this work your own, which is the beautiful part. And so then the very thing that's beautiful is the very thing that people sometimes take and use to like gatekeep almost like this is this is what it means to be a doula and this is how you can get in and if you're not going to do that then you can stay over there and do whatever you're doing um I've experienced that with virtual work whenever I kind of share about things or let's go to back to these Facebook threads if I'm in a Facebook thread and somebody has expressed that I have 10 kids which I'm exaggerating but let's say I got 10 kids I already have this nine to five I don't have support for these kids, but I still want to be a birth doula on call. How can I do that? Then, yeah, I might hop in the thread and mention to them, have you, like, if you absolutely want to do this at this point in time, have you thought about offering, you know, virtual birth planning sessions where you don't have to be on call? And so back to what I said about me being at the table, the virtual doula table with the three of us, it's like this gatekeeping of like, that's not real birth work like unless you are in person squeezing hips holding the hand you know putting the hair in a ponytail like that's not real birth work and so 
it's that it's the thing of like what does it mean to you to be a doula back to the journey and the that there's no one blueprint what is a doula is not a question that can just be answered so plainly and so simply because it has to mean whatever that means to you in whatever way that you're going to be able to show up um I actually had a conversation with my husband recently about just the season that I'm in um my capacity so that's something we always have to be honest with ourselves of like do I have the capacity to be supporting these three clients I say that I want Mm -hmm. um having a conversation with him about capacity and feeling like I'm in a season, at least right now, of wanting to slow down with taking on expecting families. And I shared with him my transparency of like, well, am I, can I still call myself a doula? Like, am I still a doula? Can I still work with other birth professionals to help them do the work that they love? And he's like, you're even more of a doula for knowing your capacity and choosing to take a step back more than you are pushing past and pushing through and deciding oh yes I'm going to take five births this month knowing that I don't have the capacity for that and so I think birth work is it has to be a journey it has to be um, something that's fulfilling to you or you'll be living out a blueprint that doesn't work for you and being um, being a me, the one that said, but I did everything right. So where are my clients at, right? Like mm-hmm. I built the business in the way that my doula training said it was supposed to be built. Where are the clients at? Or I'm offering these services in the way that so-and-so is offering them. Why am I not happy? I did everything right. So that you're not asking yourself that question because that's not yeah. a fun question. It's not a fun question to feel like you checked off all the boxes and still things are not how you envisioned. And so what is the vision in the first place and what is your journey so that you can follow that and not everybody else's blueprint, which ultimately leads to dissatisfaction, honestly. Okay. Um, How much time do we have? There's so many things to talk about. (laughs) Um, Okay. Everybody, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast before. Everybody listening to this podcast, the reason why the name of this podcast is the Doula Road Trip Podcast, and we're offering a roadmap for becoming a doula is because we don't believe that we have the blueprint. We believe that everybody has the blueprint inside of them for the way that they should build their birth business or postpartum business, birth worker business, doula business, doula practice, doula ministry, whatever it looks like for you. We believe that the experience that you've had, the certifications you've done, schooling you've done, the calling that you've had, the experiences that you've had in your life, the way in which you've come into parenthood or have not yet, um, the things that make it attractive for you to be a part of this industry, all of those things are culminating inside of you. And that's the blueprint that you follow. What we are eliminating is the roadmap. So when you look at a map, it's a hundred different ways to get to Florida or California or Georgia or Tennessee, right? And so that's the reason why we're talking about the roadmap. And I called this podcast to do the road trip podcast because Deja and I talked about this recently. Life is not about the destination. It's about the journey. And I feel like we're always on a trip somewhere. And right now, We're on a trip that is including doula work for sure for expecting families. That's going to be a small part of it. And the other big part of it is exposing like what's going on in our lives and in our birth businesses in order to support coach and guide other doulas. So I just wanted to say that because like, I don't think I ever really said it. I think that I put the concept out there just thinking that people would get it. I'm in the trunk, like all these things are around me. (laughs) on a journey and like people know what's up but people may not know what's up so that's what's up that's the difference between a blueprint and a roadmap and Deja and I have been thinking about all of the ways that doulas give people a blueprint and not allow people to follow their own roadmap and so this may be heavy 
let's say that this may be heavy for a lot of doulas because I feel like a lot of us go to trainings and we get a blueprint and we don't even realize that we're getting a blueprint, but we are getting a blueprint. We're getting a blueprint for how to show up as doulas, what to do with our clients, how to support our clients, how to follow up with our clients. And we don't even realize that that's the elements that are given to us in training. And if we want to be even more honest, the beliefs that had us sign up for training are not the beliefs that we're going to need to carry us through to actually put ourselves out there, attract clients and serve clients. And so just being transparent, a lot of times, a lot of us can't attract clients because we don't believe we have anything valuable to offer. That's just the truth. A lot of us are in Facebook groups asking if we should lower our price, if we should do more, if we should do less, if we should join this person or that person. And honestly, the answer is none of those are the things. The thing is that the belief that had us sign up for training, the belief that got us so motivated to pay our whatever amount of money you pay for your doula training. And it's not about the money. It's really not. It's really about the belief that we paid the money and we signed up to get what we needed to get to serve people. And then once we get what we need to get, we're like, I don't believe that that was it. That couldn't have been it. I couldn't be ready. I couldn't have anything of value yet. I don't believe I'm valuable enough yet to offer something to other people. And that's where the problem really starts. It's not about the price. It's truly not about the price. So yeah, that part and about the part about capacity, a lot of us are signing up for birth doula training because it's sexy, but we don't have room in our life to be traditional birth doulas. And we're mad at ourselves because we feel like we have this dream and this goal and we can't follow other people's blueprint of being on call, finding people by our phone, sleeping by our phone, sleeping on our phone, like, oh my God, I don't want to miss the call if it comes in. But we don't have the capacity in our life to really be about that life. And that's another reason why we're not getting doula clients, because we have our foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. And we honestly know deep down inside, we don't have the capacity. And so we're actively repelling clients and sabotaging ourselves. And that goes back to belief and that goes back to capacity and that goes back to being honest with ourselves. Hold on, I ain't know you was about to, uh, shoot, I'm about to clip that whole little snippet. I ain't know you was about to take it there too with you. Too heavy? Uh, somebody yeah, needs to Probably, probably too heavy. And I somebody? thought I wasn't even feeling it today and I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> everything is just flowing and I'm feeling it now. Like, yeah. Somebody when was the last time it. somebody asked you, do you have the capacity for birth doula work before they took your money for the birth doula training? Mm. Oof. We're gonna have to save that specific uh because we'll, mm. we'll place the pin in that. You're right. Mm. <laughs> we'll place the pin in that. Yeah. Uh, do you have the capacity and really honest? Do you have the desire for it? It's going to training sometimes being given a blueprint for what this means to be a doula Mm -hmm. and then not only sometimes do people not have the capacity to walk out these steps but sometimes the desire is not there because like you said it's somebody else's blueprint and so the very thing that fired you up in the first place of oh my gosh I see this need I had this experience I read this thing that that soul pull to the work getting filtered through a training that is probably not in alignment, right? So we're not advocating that you don't go to training. We we are very much in agreement about go to training, learn the things, absolutely. When you go to a training that is not in alignment and you filter the soul pool that you had through that training that is giving you a blueprint that they're not really expressing to you is just one way of doing things, it drains, it drains any of that initial passion and desire and clarity. Ooh, the clarity that you had about this is what I want to do and this is how I want to do it. Because now it's being layered on top of, no, well, we don't do it that way. We don't do it that way. We don't, you don't do that many prenatals. You had a desire in your heart before you went to a training to say, I want to meet with families four times. Like, I'm really excited about these prenatals. And then your training told you, 
we don't do that that many times. There's so many things and pieces that are given as the blueprint and not expressed as this is one option and one way to go, that it sucks the passion completely. Mm -hmm. So you do end up in Facebook saying, can I add another prenatal? Can, can I charge this much or should I drop it? You're spinning your wheels because the, the clarity was in the passion nine times out of 10. Mm. And so there is no passion. A lot of times in the blueprint, a lot of times the blueprint, the blueprint is the steps and the tools and the strategies. And I say this a lot of times to people, cause I'm, I'm an Instagram person. I like to use Instagram to like educate, build community. And that's where all my virtual clients have come from. I met people through Instagram. And so I teach Instagram to other birth workers, but I always tell people, I can give you the full strategy. I can give you the templates. I can tell you when to post. I can tell you when to go live. I can tell you who to collaborate with, but that's my blueprint, right? So if you don't judge it up a little bit and swap this out, because that feels better and um, infuse you into some of these things, it won't work for you. It just will not work for you because you're using somebody else's blueprint. Mm. You said that the clarity is in the passion. I don't want to see past that. That was, that gave me chills. God done said it on accident. You really, the clarity is in the passion. Sis. We got another one and another one. I I never thought about it like that, but you're absolutely right. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I, I had the same thing happen to me as a doula. Like I got through my doula training and I was like doing my thing. And I was like, you know what? I don't like the one postpartum follow-up visit right? As somebody who really, really, really struggled in the fourth trimester and somebody who said to myself that I was becoming a doula to impact my clients and be like a change maker in maternal wellness through whatever support I could provide to clients. I don't like the fact that as birth doulas, we don't prepare people for the fourth trimester because I feel like what's the difference between me and the hospital system? If you don't see your doctor for 12 weeks and you don't see me for 12 weeks and I don't check in with you for 12 weeks and I come over to your house one time to hold your baby for an hour and a half and look at you and talk about the birth and then carry on my merry way to my next client. Like, who am I really letting down? And is that really serving you? Is that really serving me and the purpose that I feel like I'm supposed to be fulfilling as a doula? And so in all of my birth doula support packages, my clients care for me way, way more than one time after the baby is born. And that's intentional. And that's because I don't feel like that blueprint works for me. You know what I mean? And that goes against every fiber of my being about the way in which parents should be held in the fourth trimester. So that's something that for me doesn't work. And so I changed it. I do think that, and I love Drake. Drake always says, don't ask permission, ask for forgiveness. And I feel like in this industry, a lot of times we're asking for permission when we should just be asking for forgiveness. Like ultimately, like Deja said, there are no rules. And I feel like some of us need rules and boundaries and some of us need guidelines. And so we look for rules and we look for validation and we're waiting on people to tell us that it's okay to do what we know in our heart and in our passion has already given us the clarity to do, but we still need somebody to validate it. And it's tough because the doulas that were supposed to be the unique, the standout, the secret sauce, providing people with what they're in our sphere to provide to them and pour into them we can't because we're holding back because we're waiting on permission so what is something that you are waiting for permission to do or give permission granted you have permission to do it whatever it is yeah that's our how to get clients secret tip for today what's the thing that you're holding back on that you're waiting on approval of can doulas offer this or confirmation um, that it's okay to infuse you and your life experiences and certifications 
that have happened way before you trained to become a doula, right? Like all these things that built up to this moment, we didn't just go to a doula training and that is our only knowledge of how to support people. You were in school, right? Grade school, you might have graduated and decided to go to college. You might have decided not to go to college and go into the military. You might have learned a trade. You might've taken time off after graduating and decided to travel the world and just do nothing. You might not have graduated high school and just went a whole different path on that route. You might have become a parent. There are so many different things and all of the experiences support people. All the experiences are the things that attract people to you to want to hear from you specifically right? So when people are like, well, what's the difference? You know, how do I separate myself? Like we're all offering similar services and, oh, I'm sharing the same thing on social media. How do I separate myself? You have to show up as you. You have to tell more about you because somebody's going to choose you over the next person, not because it's a competition thing, but purely based off of there's something else that you bring to the table that they just don't have. And so what is that thing that you are holding back on sharing with people or infusing into the work? Because it might be the very thing that opens the floodgates that got you booked and busy where you are having to refer people out. I'll use a small example for the person who I remember I met somebody maybe at the beginning of 2021 and she was a hairdresser who was transitioning into doula work and doing hair I mean like killing it I don't know I don't know what type of styles anyways regardless doing hair and she was transitioning to doula work and I don't think she wanted to let go fully of doing hair like that was her passion something she was really good at and so traditional postpartum work she wanted to be a postpartum doula traditional postpartum work typically in a training you're not going to see a training say you go to your client's house and you do their hair. You, I, I would be interested to find a training that is expressing here is how you do this style, right? And so some initial conflict, not with a specific person, but say a person in this position, a specific conflict they could have is like, oh, well, if, if training said the scope of practice for a postpartum doula is that I only do baby care. I only, you know, um, tidy up a little bit. I only help with meal prepping. It doesn't mention anything about hair. Like, am I stepping out of scope? And is somebody going to be upset? I'm promoting my services. Forget them people, y'all. I won't say the strong word that I was about to say. Forget them people. Add it to your services. And that's what this person did. Created this postpartum package where she decided to throw in, I do hair. I was like, girl, sign me up for that when I had my baby, because so you're a postpartum doula, you know stuff about postpartum healing and recovery, and you're going to come do my hair when I when I don't feel like doing it, and I can't get up, and I just want to nurse my baby. What's the thing that y'all are holding back on? Because somebody told you, you can't do that. You can't include that. That's not what a doula does. What's that thing? Because that might be the very thing that has the books full for the rest of the year because you decided to lean into all of your passions, not just the one of preparing for people for birth and the one about supporting them through the fourth trimester, but what's the full rounded you and bring that, bring that to the work. The call in for today is come out of hiding. Mm -hmm. What are we hiding? What are we hiding about ourselves? What are we not willing to do, right? For me, I wasn't willing to put my face on my website because I didn't want people to think I was the Black doula for Black people. I just wanted people to think I was a damn good doula. And so I was hiding. I wasn't going live on Instagram or Facebook. I didn't even have a picture of myself on my website. No about me page, no photo, no nothing. And it's the very thing that we are hiding that is going to attract and bring people to us. So the call in for today is how can we evaluate? Why are we hiding? What are we hiding? Why are we hiding? And how can we come out of hiding in order to truly be ourselves, be doulas, but be ourselves and show up for the people that are looking for us? Mm. Mm. 
<clears throat> Y'all see, sitting here debating about hitting the record button and all this came out of that. All this came out of that moment of, do we pause and reschedule? So no, this is um, something that we've been touching on lately. What are we hiding or what can we do right on our part? And that's been transparency. It's really hard for me to share about my daughter not sleeping because back to like doing it the right way it's it always falls back on what are you doing wrong as a parent like what is the thing that you are doing wrong as to why this is happening and so it's really hard for me to share that but it's a big part of my life right now and so a big thing for us has been transparency like real transparency right like real personal how is this affecting birth work not just transparency about birth work but how is like life affecting you as a whole mm. as y'all would say do your work beloved we all got work to do for sure for sure and you're right transparency and vulnerability um our good friend Brene Brown we were talking about her earlier this week and Brene Brown talks a lot about vulnerability and it's tough to show up when you don't feel like it, it's tough to put on makeup and a good shirt with some cutouts and look mm-hmm. great and hit record and just to be vulnerable and be transparent at every turn. And somehow it's what's required for whatever season that we're in right now. And I don't even know what season this is. We'll have to tell y'all about it this time <laughs> next year. <laughs> It's still too early. We're still on the journey ourselves in this new season. But yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's chaotic. It's crazy. And we know whatever is on the side of the other side of this is going to help so many people. So we're honored to be chosen for whatever this is, whatever, whatever this is, however it unfolds, however it continues, for sure, for sure. You want to say anything before we close out and talk about our February schedule for doula night school no I want to tell them the importance of why we started doula night school why this is even happening so y'all this whole conversation that we've been having is really centered around some of the hard challenging parts of life some of the really good parts um, the part about being a birth worker and just whatever other things you are, a mother, a human, a friend, but it always comes back to support. It comes back to community. When we keep yeah. talking about um, this is your journey, find your journey. It can be really hard to figure out what is my path alone. So while we don't advocate for following a specific blueprint, while you're on your journey, trying to piece things together, don't do it alone. Just like we tell expecting families, You don't have to walk in there alone into the hospital space. You do not have to walk through the fourth trimester alone trying to figure out everything. You get to make this your journey, but also grab the hand of somebody else who is doing the similar thing as you or who has done it already so that you're not spinning in your head those questions and questioning yourself. So do the night school. Yes, I'm excited to tell them about the classes that are coming up because They are the tips and strategies and stuff, but it's really about community. It is really about having other people in the same space as you who are doing similar things. So Yeah, I'm excited too. Our class schedule for February is so freaking exciting. The best part is that we have super affordable options that will fit everybody's budget. So yeah, let's give it to them. So what do we have planned for February for doula night school? So February 3rd, y'all, that is next week. We're coming up on it quick is how to get your first client. So it's a question, probably one of the main questions that comes up for people, even before taking training sometimes, like, well, where will the clients come from? But definitely after training, we are going to be talking all about ways to find clients online, in person, um, through collaboration, some of these different pieces of the puzzle that can help you to get your first client. And we're excited because we've helped people get clients, their first client in under 30 days, y'all. So we got the secret sauce for y'all. 
Yes, I'm super duper excited about that. And the fact too is that attracting clients is a big question and it's not as hard as people think it is. And I think that once people start to understand some things about content and some things about how to use social media and just some common mistakes that doulas make, people are like, oh, okay, it's easier than I thought. Who would have known? So yeah, super excited to talk about client attraction and see everybody on February 3rd. It's going to be 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All of our doula night schools are starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You will get access to a replay for a limited time as well. If you can't make it, have a crazy work schedule. Don't worry, we got you. Yes, y'all. Come February 3rd. If you're interested in February 17th, y'all, is our How to Become a Doula class. So if you missed the class in January, we are doing it again in February. It was a beautiful experience that we had with the first students in doula night school. We had 13 people who signed up with us, who came live, who asked questions, got live feedback about um, trainings that they were thinking about and ways in which that they want to show up and do the work. And so we are doing that again. If you missed it, pop over there with us and come get the live energy. Each one of the doula night schools will be $20.22. And the best part is that you do get to purchase a hall pass. So if you want all of the classes and you also want virtual support from Deja and I, we have a super special deal for you as well. It's just $97 a month. It is a membership. You can opt in at any time, cancel at any time, totally no commitment. But we would love to be that support in that community and to provide ongoing support throughout the month and throughout the year, honestly. If, you, if you're if you down to be in a long-term relationship with us, we would love that and to continue to support you in your journeys in your journey on this birth work road. So we are so excited. Invite your friends, tell everybody about it. We would love to see you there up on us y'all thank you for staying with us through this conversation and we will talk to y'all soon talk to y'all soon bye everybody